What's going on, fishing folks? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Fisherman's Journal podcast. I am that fisherman, Daryl Bars, and this is my journal and podcast forum for you to enjoy, consume, and hopefully learn some good fishing information from. And we have another great episode for you today because first up, we have professional angler Adrian Avina, who just finished his Bass Pro Tour year one and had a very good year as we've been talking about Bass Pro Tour, uh, Major League Fishing, a new format, and he's going to drop some very good drop shotting knowledge on you guys. He's going to give you four different techniques to check out that could help you catch more fish when using the technique. Now, after Adrian, we have Alex Rudd. Now, you might know Alex from his YouTube channel, Alex Rudd Fishing, or from the videos he does with Monster Bass. We're going to have him on. He's going to be talking about his YouTube channel and about Monster Bass and about a special lure that he put in the box that I can guarantee will help you catch more fish. So, guys, stay tuned. Enjoy the show. We have another great podcast episode for you coming at you right after these commercial breaks. here from Crusher Lures, wanting to introduce you to our company. We started Crusher Lures with a simple goal in mind to provide top quality tackle to the industry and we've done just that. Check us out online at crusherlures.com and you'll see that from our one-of-a-kind shaker head, our heavy finesse jig, spinner baits and buzz baits, you're going to get unique lures that are proven to catch fish all over the country, I promise you. Only built with the best components and expertly crafted right here in the United States. Check us out online at crusherlures.com. You won't be disappointed. Alright, let's face it. Fishing apps are popping up everywhere, but they're here to stay. I've tried my fair share of them, and along the way, I found Angler. Angler is like a combination of all of my favorite fishing tools under one roof. Angler has taken my boat electronics, weather reports, fishing logbook, and a whole community of other like-minded fishermen and placed it all inside my smartphone, tablet, and desktop for free, giving me a powerful fishing tool to record, learn, compete, and collaborate with other serious anglers. Look, Angler's not just another fishing app. It allows me to connect optional Bluetooth devices that keep me off my phone and record all the fishing information for me. I've been fishing with the Angler Bullseye for over two months now, and I've recorded all of my catches and waypoints by just clicking the bullseye button. It's that simple to get all the fishing information I need. I just focused on fishing, and Angler did the rest. The best part is that all of the information that I did record is completely private and saved securely on my Angler account. So are you ready to give it a try? Just head over to angler.com. That's A-N-G-L-R.com. 100% free to join, 100% free to use. Como se va, y'all? My name's Zach Dubois, and here at Cajun Lures, we got everything you need from bass to saltwater and even crappie, or like us Cajuns like to call, sockele. Our lures are born out of the bayous and basins of South Louisiana. We work hard to deliver quality-made baits, the only way a true Cajun knows how. We strive to give anglers the edge they need to get that next bite, whether it be for joy or competition. On your next trip, make sure you go out and catch them on a Cajun. Find more at www.cajunlures.com. 
All right, so my next guest is a young up-and-coming angler. Um, he has two major career wins, 17 top 10 finishes, 28 top 20 finishes, and over 500K in the bank, all from fishing. I'm talking about the one and only Adrian Avina. Adrian, how's it going? What's going on, guys, man? I'm doing good. Good to hear, good to hear. Now, quick question before we get into everything. Now, was there ever a doubt that you would be a pro angler sometime in your career? You know, honestly, honestly, no. You know, it's kind of crazy, you know, growing up, um, you know, being raised as a coastal kid, you know, here on the East Coast. I never really thought bass fishing was going to be a profession until I got into college. You know, they came out with that collegiate college fishing program back in 2009. And, um, I mean, once I got into that, got a little taste on what tournament bass fishing was like. I mean, the end is hit. The end is, you know, I mean, it just kind of all fell into place. You know, it's really fortunate. Now, on the Atlantic Coast, you do a lot more fishing outside of bass fishing. I'm going to get into that, you know, later on into the podcast. But for right now, I'm going to talk about the Bass Pro Tour. And it was, it was the first year, their inaugural year is in the books. And you made a decision to come over to the Bass Pro Tour. And overall, would you say you would make the same decision again? Are you happy with your choice? You know, it's it's kind of tough, you know, honestly. And, and, I mean, I'm shooting you guys straight. So, um, I mean, it was a tough decision for me to make initially whenever I got the invite. You know, my whole goal as an angler is to be able to make a living doing this and to compete against the best guys in the sport. Um, but with that said, with all talent leaving the Elite Series, which is where I, you know, I came from, um, you know, it opened up a lot of opportunity over there. And I feel like Bass has done a phenomenal job this past year with, uh, you know, giving their anglers a little bit more exposure. It seemed like they treated them, treated them really well. Um, but with me being the style of fisherman that I am, I really felt like the major league fishing format really was kind of up my alley. So, um, you see another really popular guy that's out there and everybody knows about is like an Ellie. And I really feel like growing up here in Southern New Jersey, you know, we're just prone to strapping a bunch of rods to our deck of our boat and just going fishing. Um, so I really feel like, you know, it may not have showed, you know, in the first year on the Bass Pro Tour, I mean, I finished in the middle of the pack and had a pretty consistent year, but by no means was it a banner season. But I really feel like this, this format is, is more up my alley. So with that said, you know, I felt like it was a decision that I had to make. And, um, you know, with it being the first, the first group of guys, you know, you didn't want to be left out either, you know. So, um, it, I felt like at the end of the day, this was a decision I had to make. Now, a few years down the road, um, you know, if things change, who knows, you know, where I'll end up being. But my whole goal is I just want to make a career out of it. So you, you said it kind of right up your alley being a you know South Jersey guy. Was there still a learning curve when it came to not looking for the five biggest fish and then trying to catch as many as possible? I mean, just getting into the tournament, was there, did you have to reevaluate the way you were thinking in your boat during those days to make sure that you, you know, fished according to plan to work for that style of a tournament you know i think the biggest thing honestly and this is and and some of the viewers may have kind of caught on to this but um you know a lot of us anglers we talked about the stress level and and how how crazy and how stressful it is and it's not just 
you know, the first period, it's the second period, it's the final period. It's just the stress level really makes you change the way you fish just because of the simple fact. And I, you know, I, you know, I threw this out to a bunch of people that asked me the same question in a, in a traditional five fish tournament, you know, you're fishing for five of the biggest bass you can catch. So it doesn't matter if you catch them, you know, right off the bat in the morning on a buzz bait, you know, you catch a couple good ones and all of a sudden, you know, you hit a three or four hour lull and then that sun gets up high and it positions them fish under boat docks at the last, you know, 30 minutes of the tournament. And all of a sudden you roll up onto the right stretch and you catch three more keepers and, you know, you, you slap five fish on the scales for 20 pounds and it looks phenomenal. But in reality, you only caught five or six bass here. You can't have a bad period. You know, you cannot not catch them in the first period or in the second period. You need to catch them all the time. And I feel like that in itself just throws a huge amount of stress on you. And uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's still fun, but it does take a little bit out of it, you know, because you constantly have that weighing on you. So I feel like you kind of change your style of fishing a little bit. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're nowhere near as relaxed. You know, you're always tensed up because you, you know, you, you gotta be catching them. You gotta be getting vice. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, you look at the guys who won tournaments this past year and you look at the weights, um, that they were catching each day. I really feel like those same guys would have won five fish limit tournaments. You know, they're, yeah, we're catching a lot of Owens in the mix, but you throw their best five on the scale they're still catching quality, you know? So, um, I think the biggest thing is just getting bites. Uh, but you know, you do have to be around the right caliber of fish too. So, um, I don't know, man, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I can understand that completely. And having a full year under your belt, you know, is there something that you want to do differently come next year that you've learned this year that will help you out next year that you want to give out. And I know you want to give out any secrets to some of your competition, but I mean, uh, your, your, your best, yeah. uh, your best finish was fifth at table rock. I think it was. Um, so, but you say you was in the middle of the pack for most of the tournaments. So what have you figured out or what do you think you can do differently come next year that will approve you, that will improve your situation? You know, I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing that I've learned, okay, I've always been that guy um, you know, and I travel, one of my best buddies, man, is, is that fishes out here is, is Jacob Wheeler. And he's, and, and, and he, he does the same thing when it comes down to really trying to find off the wall stuff, you know, all the tournaments that he's done well at, you know, the tournaments that I've done well in are, are a lot of times, you know, we're fishing either way up a Creek or fishing a branch of the lake or the river where we're at that maybe a lot of guys aren't fishing. You know, really trying to find off the wall stuff. But what I've realized is with the with the smaller field size, you know, with you only competing against forty guys, you're able to do well in these tournaments fishing obvious stuff. So I feel like, you know, next year moving forward, I feel like I'm I'm gonna spend a lot more time, you know, looking at my C map on my Lorances, really trying to, to, to fish more of what I consider community stuff. Because that's where the majority of the bass population lives at. You know, a lot of us know all these lakes that we go to, you know, 90% of the bass live in temperate water. You know, I say that all the time. And so with that, a lot of the community areas hold the biggest concentrations of fish. 
And I feel like next year I'm going to focus more on that. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm still going to go right run away up a creek if I find one or, you know, try to look for something off the wall maybe after I get dialed in. But I definitely feel like really hone in on the community stuff in this format is uh, is a way to do well. All right. So last question on Bass Pro Tour, and then we're going to switch on to some lure talk. But, you know, without naming names, I've heard through the grapevine that, you know, there's some talk about deflection and maybe going back to the tournament trails that you were a part of before. Yeah. Um, are you in that conversation with somebody who's thinking about it? And have you heard that same kind of chatter? Yeah, you know, I, I did. I did hear some of that chatter. Um, you know, myself, I am not in one of those, you know, or in that category or group of guys. Um, you know, I really feel like there's there's two things, right, that I that I feel like really are, are swaying guys. And one, like I just said, and I said it on stage a bunch of times whenever we went and weighed in, you know, through or, you know, we went and uh, through the drive through and the Bass Pro Tour. And I already talked about it a little bit, but this stress level, you know, I mean, a lot of us, okay, we're out here for two reasons, out here and out here competing for two reasons. One is to provide for our families, you know, to make a livelihood. And two, because we're just fishing, you know, we all love fishing. We all enjoy it. Um, this is something that, you know, we we're really fortunate in making a career out of. And this format, I can't stress to the people who are watching enough on how stressful it is and how much pressure is on a person. So I can see a lot of guys cracking. You know, I mean, I can see, I can see the stress really getting to a lot of people. And, um, you know, and that's one of the big things, you know, you, you throw a lot of stress on somebody and all of a sudden it kind of takes the fun factor out of it. So I feel like it is going to hurt. You know, some, some people are really, you know, um, you know, make, make it, make it questionable that they made the right decision or not. And then the other thing is, the second thing is, this is our first year. And with it being the first year, I mean, don't get me wrong. I felt like the schedule could have been a little bit different. Um, you know, we went to some places that maybe didn't, maybe didn't have them or our, our timing was a little off, but I really feel like, um, you know, Major League Fishing did a great job. You know, I feel like Boyd and Gary, I feel like they all did a great job, the whole team, and putting something together so fast. I mean, um, like each year is going to get better and better, and I feel like next year we're going to go to some phenomenal fisheries because they really, you know, got the anglers involved with um, with where we should go and recommendations. Um, and, and those are the two things, you know, but I mean, I feel like anybody that's just going to jump the gun and just cut out, you know, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the, the wise decision, but, um, I did hear that. You know, I did hear there are some guys that are really kicking around that idea, idea of, 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 uh, maybe going back to, to a tour that they came from. Yeah, I agree with you completely. They shouldn't be thinking about moving, but, you know, to each his own, and I hope they make the best decision for him. Yeah. But moving on to a, a different topic, I know you've answered quite a few questions about the Brass Pro Tour throughout the entire year. You're probably tired of it. <laughs> but um, what, I mean, you're the, well, it kind of tied into the Bass Pro Tour as well, but on a different note, you know, you're out there catching as many fish as you possibly can. So you, I'm pretty sure, have kind of tweaked your arsenal when it comes to fishing lures and what you're using out there during the tournaments. Now, if you can tell our listeners one particular lure that you think they should be throwing right now that would help them put fish in the boat, what would it be? 
Man, so I mean that's that's tough, you know. I mean, okay, so it, it's hard. It's hard for me to say, you know, because I, I know they've gotten this probably a lot. You know, I feel like they they've gotten this, um, you know, recommendation. I know a lot of guys have you know have, have already been throwing this in years past, but I am a firm believer of light line gets more bites. Okay, so. I'm going to throw a drop shot out there and I'm, I'm, I may even throw like a TRD style bait, like a Ned rig type bait out there. But my biggest advice to anybody that's listening here today is that you fish side by side with a buddy in your boat with one guy throwing a drop shot on 10 pound fluorocarbon and another guy throwing a drop shot on six pound fluorocarbon. I can promise you, up and down, the guy throwing six pound in the boat over ten is going to get three to one bites. So I advise anybody that's out there, maybe not a particular technique, but really next season or you know this season finishing out through, really try to downsize your line. Um, and I feel like that in itself is going to get you more bites. Now this doesn't matter. This doesn't mean just spinning rods. You know, I'm talking about. You know, maybe throwing a swim bait, um, you know, smaller swim bait, like a 3.8 uh, swim bait on a ball head. Instead of throwing on 12, throwing on 8. I'm talking about cranking. Instead of cranking a square bill on 15, go to 10. I really feel like pressure is the biggest thing in our fishing. And I feel like using lighter line is going to make that bait. Um, have a little bit more action, look a little bit more realistic, and I really feel like it does get more bites. You know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm so happy you thought you brought up the drop shot because, full confession, I threw a drop shot for the first time in my life last week. Crazy, dude. Crazy, crazy. First hey, that's time uncalled ever. for, man. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, that is uncalled for. <laughs> I mean, it was the first time. Like, I just, I've never done it. I've never thought about doing it. I took my kids out to the pond, and it was a very pressure little pond. We we're catching a little small, you know, half pound and one pound bass, but they would only eat the drop shot or wacky red, red worm, and they wouldn't touch anything else. And I, I threw the drop shot for the first time. Yeah. So let, let's get into that. Let's talk about the drop shot red. All right, cool. Um, when you're throwing it, uh, what's your setup? All right, well, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it I'm gonna break a drop shot down into four. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you four different ways I fish a drop shot. And you know, a lot of people they automatically think, oh, here a drop shot's a light line deal. And I you know I just talked about you know downsizing your line, but I'm gonna start kind of on the other spectrum. I'm gonna start on a power drop shot. Okay, and a lot of people have talked about power drop shots in the past. You know, people have heard about it. You know, now all of a sudden this Tokyo rig is getting big, you know, getting popular. And basically by a Tokyo rig, I don't know if a lot of people have heard about it, but basically what it is is a real confined drop shot that you can flip. And, you know, for them guys that are Texas rigging, it just gives it a little different look. Well, a power drop shot is used in that same scenario as you would flip. Okay. So guys that are flipping or, um, you know, Texas rig fishing or jig fishing, a power drop shot is used. I'm not going to say it's going to replace it, but it's a, it's a side by side tool. And, uh, basically it's a short leader, uh, from three to eight inches of leader. You're using a little bit heavier of line. You're using heavier equipment. A lot of times on a power drop shot and I'm using a bait caster, 
I personally like to use a 30 pound braid, an FG knot to about a 12 to 15 pound fluorocarbon, trialing 100% fluorocarbon leader. And the reason for braid to fluorocarbon in this application is because the drop shot will twist whenever you're reeling it in. So it definitely cuts down on line twist. You know, the braid will absorb that. Um, and the great thing about the braid is it'll also allow you to put on, you know, a heavier, lighter leader, you know, without changing your full reel, your full line. Um, so that's one setup. And normally, whenever I'm power drop shotting, I'm either using a Berkeley Fusion size number 2-aught EWG hook. So you're actually Texas rigging that bait. It's not exposed. So you can flip into a heart of a laydown. You know, I've even smashed them. Hey, guys, listen to this. I have destroyed them punching a power drop shot, like a three-quarter ounce weight. You know, so a lot of them guys down there in really? Florida, and actually I caught a really big bag, I caught like 22 pounds before down in Florida on Okeechobee doing this. And uh, basically punching this power drop shot through through matted vegetation, through cattails, all kinds of stuff. So that's number one. Another drop shot, basically I get away from the bait caster. Now I'm strictly uh, using spinning gear. Um so we'll kind of we'll kind of stem on what we were just talking about using something weedless. I use a rebarb style hook on a drop shot. Basically, from here on out, I'm using 10 pound X5 Berkeley X5 braid. Um, and when I'm using a rebar style hook, you're Texas rigging it this way here. You can you can fish it in deeper brush piles. The tournament that I caught them really well this past year on Table Rock, I was catching them out of standing timber i was catching them out of man-made brush piles and i was using a rebarb style hook this way here it wasn't getting um hung up in the brush pile and uh that there i mean you're using a leader 50 to 20 inches depending on where you know you want that bait to be and uh normally it's a you know it's a hand poured worm i caught them really good on a berkeley bottom hopper just some type of straight tail worm seems to work the best on that um and then I'm going to go, I'm going to go to oak hooks. So there's two different setups that I throw here. It's all on the same rod, same line, same setup. And, uh, basically what I like to throw is, is an Abby Garcia seven foot medium fantasy to premier. I use a 30 size premier spinning reel. Again, it's 10 pound Berkeley X5 braid. And, um, when I talk about two different setups on this, one is strictly for wacky rigging a drop shot. I know you talked about a little bit before about catching them on a wacky worm. So I like wacky rigging a drop shot. And on that, I like a small straight shank hook whenever I'm wacky rigging. And then whenever I'm nose hooking, one of my first smallmouth baits on this planet is the, it came out last year. It's the Maxent flatworm. And I like to use a size number one fusion drop shot hook on that. And that's for nose hooking. So really two different, two different hooks. Hooks are the biggest part, you know, you know, I talked about four different hooks on a drop shot. Each one has its purpose. You know, I like Texas rigging, but when I can get away with exposed hooks, I feel like your hookup ratio is a little bit better. Um, but definitely if I'm wacky rigging, it's a small straight shank. And when I'm nose hooking, it's that fusion 19 little drop shot hook. Uh, but that's pretty much pretty much the setups on that. So when do you actually, when would you wacky rig 
your your bait versus uh, Texas rigging or using the, the, the drop shot hook? So, so yeah, that's a that, that's a great question. So um, basically, a, a lot of people um, a lot of people don't realize whenever you're drop shot fishing, you're not necessarily fishing a drop shot on the bottom all the time. You know, I mean, I've caught a lot of really good bags. You know, I've started my tournament. You know, this year on the Bass Pro Tour, a lot of times on bridge pilings. And on bridge pilings, these fish will suspend on the bridge piling. And now I'm not talking about, um, you know, these bridge pilings. A lot of times they're in 100 feet of water and the fish will be suspended down on 20 feet. And what I feel like that drop shot, whenever you're throwing a wacky rig, it'll slow that fall down. You still have the same quivering effect of that Berkeley General or whatever, you know, Cinco type bait you throw. You still have that, that pulsating effect on the way down and you almost let it pendulum, you know, so that wacky worm really just with the action, with it slowing down your fall, um, I, I like casting it a lot. So like even if I'm fishing around, um, you know, a lot of bait fish, you know, out in the middle of a, a cove or a ditch and you got a lot of bait that's suspended, but you have bass under them, you know, you know, five or 10 feet or whatever. Instead of getting on them vertically, I like making casts to them. And I feel like that wacky worm on a drop shot will get more bucks than a nose hook in that yeah. situation. That is some good information right there. I'm pretty sure you helped a lot of people out, i.e. me, <laughs> uh, more specifically, when it comes to drop shot fishing. But we're, we're getting to the end of this podcast recording, so I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. There are simple questions to ask. Um, I know that you do a lot more guiding uh, during the off-season up in Jersey. So, um Let's start with bass fishing. What's the biggest bass you ever caught? So honestly, I mean, I weighed in a bunch of nine pounders. Um, I've never, I've never caught, never really caught one that I weighed that was way over ten. You know, I mean, I, there's like there's one particular day um, on four that I can promise you up and down. I mean, I've caught I've caught double digit fish, but it was one of the things where I never actually weighed them, so I know that account. Um, but in, in a, in an actual bass tournament, I've weighed in multiple, multiple fish overnight. All right. And you're a striper guy as well. So what's the largest striper you ever had? So the largest striper I personally reeled in has been 47 pounds, but my clients have caught multiple fish over 50 pounds. And, and for me anymore, very rarely do I actually go out and fun fish. I'm always on a guided trip, you know, so I'm just as excited for my guide, you know, my clients to catch them. Um, two years ago, one of my clients caught a 53 pound. All right. So, so off topic, you haven't hit the 50 pound mark when it comes to stripers. Do you feel bad? Like just a little bit when one of your clients reeling a big fish that's bigger than your, your, your personal best? You know, if you would ask me this question five years ago, I would have said, heck yeah. But <laughs> you know, it's different now. I mean, I don't, I don't do it to make a bunch of money. You know, I, I do it because I enjoy it. I do it as it breaks the whole bass fishing freshwater scene up. You know, something that I grew up doing. And it's kind of funny, you know, because, you know, growing up, you know, with my dad, you know, really teaching me everything he had. And I remember just, you know, all of our trips, every time we'd go out, he'd always let me reel them in. And it was one of them things where, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of dawned on me. And I get, I get the satisfaction just as much as if I were to reel one or if I were to spend the boat, the time in the boat with clients and watching them reel it in. 
So for me, I, you know, I, I'd say I'd say no. Okay, now back on topic. What's the largest shark you ever caught? Largest shark? Well, there's there's these sharks called sand tigers that come in the bay and spawn every year. And um, I mean, it's like every every trip you catch one between two to four hundred pounds. Uh, but you never physically put them on the boat, kill them, and weigh them. You know, you just catch them and release them. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest shark that I've actually caught um, was a little over 300 pounds, and that was a thrasher. Uh, but my dad, I mean, he's got pictures of of sharks that he's caught and weighed in tournaments that have been well over 600. Oh, nice. All right, so last but not least, tuna. What's the largest tuna you ever caught? So the largest tuna I ever caught was actually this past year. Um, I went to Louisiana, fished out of Venice, and I caught a 191 big yellowfin on uh, on a spinning rod, actually. It took us about five hours to reel it in. It was ridiculous. Oh, wow. Well, that's all I have for you right now, Adrian. I do appreciate you coming on. Before you go, tell people they can learn more about who you are and what you're about, and if they want to go on this charter with you, um, how to get that information as well. Yeah, absolutely, guys. You know, um, I'm really starting to take this charter fishing seriously. You know, I, um, I, I just purchased a new boat. It's actually in production. So this fall, I'll, I'll have a brand new sea line we'll be fishing out of. It's going to be real comfortable. Fish six guys easy. Um, and you can follow me all on my social media. I mean, I have, you know, Facebook, Adrian Avina Fishing, uh, Instagram, Adrian Avina Pro Fishing. Um, I also have a website for my charter business. It's just adrianavina.com. But pretty much, man, just just get ahead and reach out to me. Uh, saltwater fishing, if you guys haven't done it before, it's an absolute blast. But not only do I just saltwater fish, if you guys have any any other questions about freshwater or some of the techniques we talked about on here, feel free to reach out to me. Good deal. Well, I just followed you on Instagram. Make sure you follow us back. And, and whenever I get my 10-pound bass on my drop shot rig, <laughs> message you and let you see the picture. Hey, man, I can't wait to see it. Fishing folks, stay tuned. We have one more quick commercial break. We're coming right back with Alex Rudd from Alex Rudd Fishing. Hey everyone, Aaron here from Woo Tungsten. We get asked all the time, why did we call it Woo Tungsten? What we did is we wanted a brand that we could have some fun with. We're anglers ourselves building a brand in a community for other anglers around an amazing product. We were super tired of spending a ton of money on high-end tungsten and having it chip after just half a day. We've got some of the toughest paint in the industry, some of the best weight designs that come from some of our elite anglers to make sure that we've got one of the best products at the best prices for you at the same time making a brand in a community that's going to make you yell woo on and off the water. We couldn't be more proud of what we've done. We love what we're doing, and you will too. Check us out, wootungsten.com. Stop buying cheap braid. Hey guys, this is Cody from fanatictackle.com. Like many of you, I've spent thousands of dollars on braided fishing line in the past years, always looking for the best deal to get the job done. What I didn't realize was how much money I was wasting by having to repurchase more often than I should. Fanatic Pro Series braid is built to last. It doesn't fade or bleed, casts extremely well, and is highly abrasion resistant. So you can spend less time buying and more time on the water. Go to fanatictackle.com to pick up braid that is built for performance angling. Como so va, everyone? My name is Zach Dubois from Cajun Lures, 
and I'm about to introduce you to the Couillon Croaker. Now you're probably asking what does that mean? Well, in Cajun French, Couillon means you're crazy. The Couillon Croaker is a frog style topwater lure that can be buzzed on the top or jerked below the surface to create a lifelike frog swimming action, making one of the most versatile frog imitation lures on the market. Pair it with a 4 out wide gap single hook or a 4 out screw lock double hook. Just cast it out and retrieve and hold on for when that trophic bass bites during the peak frog bite month. To see the frog in motion and learn more, head on over to CajunLures.com because this is going to be the last frog you need in your tackle box. All right, fishing folks, so our next guest has over 22,000 subscribers on YouTube, which means he really knows what he's talking about when it comes to fishing. Guys, welcome Alex Rudd to the podcast. Alex, how's it going? Good, buddy. How are you doing today? I can't complain at all. I can't complain at all. Good. So I have to admit, I have been watching your YouTube videos for quite a while now, but I know very little when it comes to who you are and what you're about. So can you tell me and the listeners exactly who you are, what you're about, and then talk about how you got started into YouTube? Absolutely, man. So like you said, my name is Alex Rudd of Alex Rudd Fishing. Um, I'm located in East Tennessee, Knoxville area. So I'm I'm kind of right in the middle of everything good that is fishing um, in, the, in the South. You know, I'm right on the TVA lakes. I'm two hours from Chickamauga. I'm four hours from Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, all those kinds of places. Um, so I live in an awesome place to go fishing. I uh, grew up my whole entire life fishing. My dad got me into fishing when I was really, really young. Um, literally some of my earliest memories are fishing. And so I, that's what I've done my whole entire life. It's been my pastime. It's been my passion. It's my hobby. Um, all I've ever done is go fishing. Um, but I got into YouTube probably four years ago, um, really like actually heavily into YouTube. I've had my channel for probably five or six years, but didn't really ever take it serious. It was just kind of something fun to do. And then I started doing YouTube really seriously about four years ago. And, um, I kind of just got into it as a, as something fun to do. It was fun to film. Um, I always loved, you know, messing with cameras, messing with, editing footage and stuff like that and so you know when i figured out i could make a fishing video and edit it up um i thought that was really cool but then i thought what are what am i going to do with all these videos if i make them and then i kind of got into the whole youtube thing and figured out well people are uploading you know all kinds of videos to youtube why don't i upload fishing youtube videos and so that's what i started doing um my first video was one of those old school like rock montage videos you know that everybody did back back in the day and um this kind of developed from there um and, and i just kind of started to you know understand that not only is youtube a platform for you know, just watching fishing but it can also be a platform to teach people and so that's always been a passion of mine i'm actually a certified teacher um so i've always had a passion for teaching people things and so I started doing the instructional YouTube videos along my, you know, more entertaining stuff. And Alex Red Fishing kind of grew into what it is now. I never knew that four years ago when I started this that I could work with companies and, you know, get paid to make videos and get free product and do all the stuff that I do. So that's where we're at now. That's, that's just a little bit about me. 
Yeah, I, I love your videos and they're very informative. Now, do you still teach or is fishing your full time job now? Um, so I actually just took a teaching job. Um, I worked for Monster Bass uh, for a little while and just helped them get off the ground and kind of help develop the brand and get where it is. And then I decided, uh, you know, a few weeks ago um, that I wanted to go back into teaching. And just because I missed it. I mean, it's just my true passion in life is really shared by fishing and education. And so I wanted to get back in the classroom. And so I had some discussions with uh, Rick, the owner of Monster Bass, and, and you know, I told him I'm going to stay on um, as full-time as I possibly can, but I'm going to go teach full-time as well. So I'm still doing all the videos and picking baits and um, helping to design baits and in, doing all the influencer stuff, but I also work a full-time teaching job as well. I'm in a first-grade classroom. Good deal, first grader. That's, that has to be tough. Oh, they're fun, man. They're tough, but they're fun. We're uh, we're just trying to get into the swing of things right now. They're they're still. I think they're still a little amazed by the beard. <laughs> so if if people, I mean, there's probably a few people here that I probably have not listened to your your videos or watched your videos on YouTube. So if you could describe what your videos are like, what is your YouTube channel about? So basically it's kind of a it's kind of twofold maybe maybe threefold really if you think about it um the first being you know just entertaining videos i i try to put out videos that people are going to enjoy watching um you know i'll do the occasional like challenge video but i really put a spin on it of it's not just me being dumb it's really me going out and trying to challenge myself um to use a new lure or to use a crazy color or do something to actually see how the fish are going to react to it and maybe learn something new that I can go out and use. And so you have that entertainment side of things. And then you have the educational side of things. I'll do a lot of tips videos. Um, I break down techniques. Um, I really never talk about something that I don't have experience with myself. And kind of what I like to do is I like to go out and a couple fishing videos using a bait and really show, you know, how effective the bait is and then break it down for people so that they understand you know, the gear I'm using, where I'm fishing it, why I'm fishing it, the time of year I'm fishing, all that kind of stuff. And then the third being, um, I actually just got into kayak fishing. And so boat fishing, I do kayak fishing. I also do bank fishing. Um, but I've started a whole new kayak segment on my channel where I am going out and making all the mistakes that all new kayak anglers make, except for I'm just recording them and I'm allowing people to watch me make those mistakes so that they can go out and not have to fumble around with kayak fishing as much and maybe come to my videos and kind of see the process of learning something new. Um, just cause, you know, it's kind of an educator side of me. You know, everything you want to, you want to learn something new every day. And I'm a lifelong learner. And so that was just a way for me to number one, make awesome content and then number two, to learn something new. So. Yeah, and that's what I love about your YouTube channel is the fact that I can go there and learn something, whether it's, you know, you're comparing this chatterbait versus that chatterbait or how you rig a, a crankbait for something different, you know, out of the ordinary. I can always go to your channel and learn something new, something that's not generic like some of these other channels do quite often. I appreciate that, man. And, that, and that's kind of what I hope to do. I've I've been fishing for, like I said, my whole life. So I've been around some of the best and, and have, have been blessed to fish with some of the best and i've learned some some pretty crazy stuff now i've not let everybody know everything yet but i try to let a few of the kind of odd odds and ends things leaks out so that people can learn something like you said that they're not going to hear anywhere 
Good deal. Well, well, I'm a lore junkie, and I love learning about different lures and trying different things out, which is a good portion of what your channel is about. But I want to pivot over to Monster Bass. Um, cause you did have some involvement with Monster Bass, and you're still doing some work with Monster Bass now. But um, I was kind of skeptical when I saw there's another subscription box on the market. You know, it's going to be the same old, same old, but Monster Bass is a bit different. So explain to the listeners what exactly is Monster Bass and, and how it differs from the other ones. All right. So Monster Bass is... A subscription box company, very similar to Lucky and Mystery, um, but that's where we draw the line on our similarities. Um, you know, we are doing things differently, and I think we're doing things better because we're just focusing on bass fishing. We're handpicking the baits that come in every box, and the way that we handpick those baits is we look at three key factors. Number one is the region of the country you live in. So if you live in the Northeast, you know, we're not going to send you a – uh, punching rig set up, you know, where you would probably need something like a Ned rig. Or if you live in the South, you're not going to get a bunch of drop shot and stuff, even though you might sometimes because the drop shot is effective, both or vice versa. But we're going to give you the tools that you need for where you're living at in the country. We're not just going to give you uh, the same bottle across the country. Another thing that we look at is the time of year that you're fishing. So people in the north are not going to get a frog in February, just like the people in the south aren't going to get a jerk bait in June. We're going to give you tools, again, that you need to fish the time of year that you're fishing. And then number three, we're going out and we're getting brands that people recognize. We're getting brands that people can go out to stores and buy. You can go to Tackle Warehouse and buy. We're never going to uh, create 10 brands and put it in the box. Now, we do have the Surbass brand. Um, which some people have kind of seen that and said, well, you said you were never going to put, you know, your own brand in the box, but we want to put our brand in the box because we're only going to have one brand and we're really working hard to make those baits really good bait. Um, I've had a hand in the new topwater bait that we just released called the Ragnar. Ben Nowak from Ben Nowak Fishing had his hand in the popper that we made. And we are making sure that we're making the best base that we can and putting in the box. And we're just, we're very different because we're actually going out and, and trying to give anglers the tools that they need, not just a bunch of random stuff in a box. We're not, we don't want to be a mystery. We want to be, and we don't want to be a lucky, we want to be monster bass. And that's what we're doing. We're separating ourselves from the, from the gang and just giving people tools to go fishing. You have me over here smiling because there was quite a few, I would say subtle jabs in your talk that I, I could pick up, but I understand exactly what you're talking about. And I've heard good things about Monster Bass as well. I haven't ordered a box myself as of yet, but um, from the people who I associate with, my old fishing buddies and stuff, they have ordered some boxes and they love it. They think that it's catered to them. So they, they, they're, they're happy that it's not just a random box of lures that they're going to use one or two out of. They can actually use the entire box yeah, for what they're exactly. fishing. Exactly. I mean, you know, just to break the box down, I actually literally have mine sitting right here. Um, and obviously I'm in the South, so I get the Southern box. But for anybody that's living in the South, this month in August, you got a Lunker Hunt Yappa Bug, which is Lunker Hunt's um, new frog. And it has a cupped mouth that helps it to walk. So it's an open water frog. We got a Savage Gear Floating Bluegill. We got some yum... Uh, sharpshooters, which is like a finesse style bait that you can fish a shaky head. We got some big bite baits, uh, the Dean Rojas fighting frogs, so a flipping bait. We got a Doomsday D hop. 
we've got a bomber long a which was my pick and uh that's a little sneaky sneaky thing that i still need to make a video on but i can tell everybody about here while we're on the phone and then we got the new mag uh monster bass uh ragnar which like i said i had i had a hand in designing and then we also got some mustad hooks i mean so we're we're giving you a box of baits that for this time of year I mean, I feel like if you're fishing on a grass lake, on a reservoir lake, you have a tool to go out and catch a fish. So, All right. Now, you got to explain the, the, the bomber long gate because I'm familiar with the bomber long gate for my saltwater fishing. Mm-hmm. But explain to the listeners about the bomber long gate. I, I think a lot of people might not know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to that one. So the long A, is, it resembles a jerk bait, um, but I have never used it as a jerk bait. It has always been a wake bait for me. And what I like to do is I like to tie it um, either on a spinner rod or a lock casting setup because it is a pretty small bait. And I like to throw it around laydowns and just reel it back really slow and just really let that bill do all the work and let it wake right into the water. And especially this time of year, as we get into that transition, um, even though it's still really hot, Days are starting to get shorter, and you're you're going to start to see that. And those gizzard shad and those bass start to see that as well. I mean, because I, I truly believe that 99% of what a fish, any fish does, is by the time of day. And as those days start to get shorter, they start to move up shallow. And you can take that bomber long A, and it looks like a just a bite-sized gizzard shad or thread fin. And if you reel it around laydowns and docks and riprap and that kind of stuff, early in the morning, late in the evening you will absolutely get crushed. And it's one of those baits that I can't tell you how many late summer, early fall days that I've gone out and had 50 fish days on a bomber and, you know, caught some really quality fish on that thing. So just a little sneaky, it's a little sneaky bait that not a lot of people are throwing. Um, Scott Martin actually won, I believe it was the Beaver Lake or is one of those, is the one is in Kentucky. He actually made throwing a mix of the the bomber and a megabass jerk bait and he kept that bomber very very secret i had a lot of people calling me asking me what what that was and i was like yeah dude that's a that's a bomber long a is exactly what that was yeah and that is a sneaky lure and I'm, I'm i'm so happy you brought it up because it's something that i don't think a lot of guys will think to throw especially waking the way you're talking about doing it so yeah that that's a very good tip you say you have a video coming out for that are you going to make a video yeah, yeah, I'm actually going to make a video on that. Um, it'll probably go on the Monster Bass YouTube channel, and then I may make a corresponding video for my channel as well, just so you can get two different pieces of information and and go check out both channels. I like the pick. Well, tell the people um, is how much does Monster Bass cost, and how can they go about getting a subscription for it? All right, so Monster Bass actually, there's two tiers now. We just come out with a second tier, um, just because of demand. Um, our highest tier is our regionalized box, and that is a box that is hand-picked baits for the region of the country you live in, time of year you're fishing. That one is $35 a month, and then you can order um, more. So, like, if you order three months, it gets a little bit cheaper, six months a little bit cheaper, a year a little bit cheaper as well. So you save more the more you order. And then we actually just came out with a tier down, and our tier down is not going to be regionalized, but we're still going to be hand-picking those baits. And we're just going to give you a good, solid box that would be good, you know, anywhere across the country. Because like I mentioned earlier, you know, a drop shot will work in the south just like it works in the north. Um, there's places in the north. I mean, I was catching frogfish a couple of weeks back with my buddy Ben Nowak um, up in Michigan. And so we're going to look more at the time of year that you're fishing 
um, by, rather than the region of the country when we're building that box. And that box is $24.99. Good deal. Good prices, good baits. Um, I think people should actually go and try it out. Like I said, I'm going to go out and maybe order me a box today uh, since I'm thinking about it. It's on my mind. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it out. But no, I was going to say I do appreciate you coming on today. And if you can, let everybody know where they can actually see your YouTube uh, channel as well. All right. So all you got to do is Google Alex Rudd Fishing or even Alex Rudd. It'll pop up. Go to YouTube, Alex Rudd Fishing. Instagram's Alex Rudd Fishing. Those are my two main platforms that I'm on all the time. I also have a Facebook page, Alex Rudd Fishing. You can go like it as well. Um, but to really keep up with all the activity that I do, um, just go to my YouTube and my Instagram. And I would love for anybody that's listening to this to subscribe. Follow me on Instagram. If you ever have questions, comments, um, do not hesitate to DM me. I try to respond to everything that comes in. Even though it's a lot, I want to interact with the people who watch my videos because that's the way we all kind of learn together and, and can and can be better anglers is sharing sharing information and, and being open about what we're doing. Outstanding. Well, Alex, I do appreciate you coming on. If you ever have some time in the future, I would love to have you on. Maybe to talk about the latest monster bass, uh, monster uh, bass box that just came out or, or just talk fishing in the YouTube channel. So I hope to have you back on in the very near future. All right, buddy. Anytime you want me on, just hit me up and we'll, we'll make it happen. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it, fishing folks. Another exciting podcast in the books. Special thanks again to Alice Rudd and Adrian Avina for coming on the podcast and sharing some huge knowledge bombs for us that we can actually take those techniques and those lures out onto the water and hopefully catch more fish. But guys, be sure to check us out on social media, Instagram and Facebook, uh, backslash the Fisherman's Journal, as well as Fish Folks, blah, 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 Fish Folks Apparel.com. Check it out, like it, subscribe, and hopefully buy some t-shirts for you and your family. Until next time, guys, tight lines and big fish.